Rising up back on the street. Did my time, took my chances. Oh, get out of here. Yeah, okay. Welcome to Dragon's Cast, a podcast brought to you by Dakpack alums who knew all along that healthcare was complicated. But first, we discuss Drexel basketball. With me today, I have Marshall Fleming. Hey, hey. Nick Intrieri. Stone sober today. Bill Martin. <laughs> and I am your host, Leon McCodden. Today, we have a very special episode with uh, two very special guests, the guys behind alwaysadragon.com, Dan and Scott. Thanks for joining us, guys. Hey, guys. How's it going? Nice to be on. Awesome. So I think the, one of the first things I wanted to clear up from the last podcast we had we had a lot of fear being generated about Tremaine Isabel. Uh, so as part of a follow-up, I think that all the fear has been quelled, right, Bill? I think you saw something to uh, that kind of hinted that he's coming back. Some What was it? Some video of his favorite player being... There was a couple of things. I mean, the, the, um, and Drexel released a video themselves that had Tremaine Isabel. And it was like they were just talking about their favorite uh, uh, player they would play two-on-two with in a, in, a, in a video game, I believe. And... Uh, uh, Tremaine Isabel was in the video, and I think actually someone else tweeted at him as well. Pretty much, and he pretty much confirmed he was getting ready to play for next year. So I think, I think it's safe to say that he's going to be back, and he's yeah, still on the was, roster. That was me. I, I threw that out there and and just kind of said, looking forward to see what we have on the court next year. And he liked it. He retweeted it. And just kind I of thought took the bait. Yeah. So yeah, nicely done. Oh, that's good news. I think we were getting a little worried when pe- uh, people weren't seeing him on the sideline over there. Uh, and, but there was no explanation for that, right? Nothing, I had, nothing I saw. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I was told also that he, he he's uh, he's fairly solidly in, in camp. He's just uh, he's not with the team right now, I guess. That's good news. That, I think that would have, from what we've heard, at least uh, I think what we've all heard on this podcast, it's uh, pretty much been that he's been one of the shining stars in practice, at least. So it would have been it would have been uh, bad to see him go somewhere else. So I'm glad he's returning. Was Troy Harper on the sideline? Yeah, he is. He's been, on, yeah. he's been there, and and we actually caught him at practice last week. Uh, he looks he's a he's about as fast as Kirk Lee is, just with with some size. So uh, it'll be fun to get two of them on the court together. We're gonna be loaded at guard That's next be year. Interesting, yeah. Of all these guards we have, yeah, it's gonna be a crowded backcourt, but it's a better problem to have than we have now. You know, Spiker came in and he kind of didn't think he had any guards, so he went crazy. You know, that was his one mission, I think, for our last off season, and now we're kind of in the other spot. I mean, it's yeah. definitely definitely a plus. <laughs> it's like a, we're going to be like a UNC Wilmington light next year. I wouldn't be surprised to see four guards with all the guards that we have, and basically, Austin Williams is the only really capable I'm big okay next that. year. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be interesting. There's also not a lot of size there, though. It's part of the, kind of a small concern. From the guard perspective, I mean, we have like Overton is is Overton the biggest guard we have at this point? Yeah. I mean, Isabel uh, and Harper are both like six one. Well, you know, you just talk about Tremaine Isabel. Sam Green, I guess, would be the next question uh, because somebody's not going to be here next year if they've got three offers out there. That's a very good point. And Sam Green was, uh, I don't know, is probably other than is it Peck who was the other Bruiser recruit? I'm trying to figure out the. It's Peck and him. You got like three guys that could possibly be right. It's Sam Green, Peck, and uh, Major. Major, right? So Major's the one I think they're waiting on him to make a decision. Um, and you know, Sam is up in the air a little bit. I don't know if anyone saw the press conference. Bru- uh, not Bruiser. Spiker was basically talking about how like Major's been playing, but he should have already had surgery. And I guess they're going to look at that in the off season, him having surgery, and if he's going to even be able to come back. So 
Um, I think that will probably play into it somewhat. If he's unable to play, but we still honor his scholarship, does that take away a roster spot? I don't know if they have to honor his scholarship at this point. He he walked on senior day, and and it was stated that he's graduating this May with a double major. Um, oh, I, right. I don't okay. I don't I don't know if there's you know if 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 he could walk from his scholarship and, and open up the spot. I mean, I thought that press conference was very, very telling from Spiker. I, I, you know, talking about how, how dangerous it is for him to be on the floor and, you know, how he opted not to have knee surgery this year so he could play basketball. Um, I, I think that's very telling. I mean, the kid's been sitting for so long. He just, <laughs> just wanted to get on the court. I mean, I feel for him. He's got that bionic knee out there that he's been working with all, uh, all year, but you can obviously tell he's even when he's walking, he's limping around. So it's pretty impressive that he's even been able to do what he's been able to do. Especially with Miles and Curry going out, I think we'd uh, been be in an even worse position with that major out there. But still, I don't know if it's worth uh, further rangering himself on. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, we're so we're so low on cards. <laughs> Anybody is helpful. Like Moran's got the shoulder injury. Major doesn't have a functioning knee. I mean, uh, the ice band's out. Anybody know what Freddie Wilson's up to? Yeah. <laughs> <Bring him back. laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to be seeing these walk-on guards, uh, Elgin Ford more, <laughs> if we don't uh, get some of these guys. It would be interesting to see Freddie Wilson on a Zach Spiker team, though. Oh, it'd be totally different. It'd be fun. Because he did blow up in some games. But speaking about games, uh, I think we only had two games since our last podcast, and uh, they weren't pretty ones. I don't know if you want to spend too much time considering they were both really scrimmage games at this point. We'd uh, already locked up our enviable 10th seed after the, uh, before going into these games. But I think Marshall and I, with the double L's, I think we got our predictions right. Bill and Nick were actually feeling the James Madison game. I don't know why I'm predicting wins at all when we don't have uh, all these players. It makes no sense. But... We were winning that game. We were winning most of that game. Yeah. They threw that press on in the second half. And that turned the game. We turned it over twice. And, I mean, we only lost by six. No, I know. We just don't have enough guns at this point. I feel like even that game was like, I feel like we are just, uh, I don't know, we ran out, of, <laughs> ran out of steam. We have like Kirk Lee and Rodney. And like Mohica if he's playing all right. And that's. Yeah, but do you, do you think like, I mean, uh, um, Leon just called those scrimmage games. Do you think the coaches maybe also felt that way? I don't. I don't think so. I, I think they want to win. I mean, I just think we just don't have guys, man. There's just not enough. Fire, there's not enough firepower. They're not every game since like Kari's gone out. We have Rodney's just getting even more double teamed than usual. Like there's just nothing. There's nothing there. They're leaving Austin a little bit, but I mean that everyone's clamping down and we're relying on like Kirk Lee tearing it up, and it's just we just don't have enough firepower now. I'm just looking at, um, I think we played maybe two minutes of zone those two games. We we, we, we subbed in. I mean, Sam Green saw double-digit minutes both games. Uh, they didn't want to show anything to JMU, obviously. I, I, I kind of feel like it wasn't full force, we'll call it, for those games. You might be right about that. To, to kind of agree with what Dan said, um, in, in the postgame, uh, the, the term that I used was that Drexel lacked the sense of urgency that they needed to pull the game back within reach. And the JMU game, I, I sat there and I kind of felt like, you know, they were they were just taking a little too long to get a shot off in the front court. And they were a little too passive on the defensive end of the court, especially, you know, once JMU broke whatever press they threw at them. Um, 
I I think I think he was coaching for the tournament at that point. Uh, you know, he he's looking at JMU, he's looking at College of Charleston. These are going to be the two teams that he's going to face. We why why show yeah why why show them more than he has to? Makes sense. Did we going into James Madison? We had ten already locked up going into that game. I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. if you'd been sober in the last episode, you would have. <laughs> yeah, I, you're right. Yeah, but uh, that's why I'm uh, stone sober today. But. So that's, I mean, oh, oh, do we know if Kari's coming back? Does anybody know? I haven't heard anything. Yeah, I think it's it's questionable right now. So it would make sense to hold him out those two games, though. Like, if he was ready to oh, play, yeah. it would totally make sense to not play him. Because they, they meant nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if we, if we get him back, I think we had a good shot to be JMU. But like I said earlier, I think even if, even if we weren't playing as hard as we could have, I, I just don't know if we have the firepower to beat almost anyone at this point with Lacking up, playing Moran and Major Candy significant minutes, but neither one of them is very good at putting the ball in the basket. Macari's leading the league in three point percentage. Yeah, like we should come out like something completely different. I was telling Bill this earlier today in that JMU game, and just do like just I don't know, run isolation plays for Kari and Kirk Lee, and just have them shoot forty threes. <laughs> See what happens. It's assuming Kari's knees even work. <laughs> I think Kari's going to play. I hope. I have a hunch. I guess at this point it's all speculation, but we, uh, without Kari, you're right. It's going to be extremely hard for us to you know, get out of Friday. I agree with you guys in the sense that uh, I don't think Spiker wanted to show him our uh, plan going forward. If yeah, And even if Kari was healthy, I would doubt he'd play him at this point. Why risk uh, you know, further injuring maybe a, a small tweak he had of his knee or yeah, I mean, I mean, hopefully we'll get him back. I mean, the only bright spot is the Sam Green's actually looks, well, at least in the one game, looked pretty good um, shooting the ball. He's obviously not quite, I don't know if he's mentally ready there. And, and Dan, did you talk to uh, to Spiker at all or anybody about, about Sam Green before this, or what did you hear about that? I was surprised he got minutes. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, uh, yeah, he, he looked all right from, the, from three, certainly. I mean, I think he bricked a couple of layups, too, so. Take the good with the bad. I, I think, um, you know, I think I was surprised. Like I say, I was surprised he got minutes. Um, I don't think that that was an expectation going into the final week. We've got other players that break layups, so they get plenty of playing time. <laughs> you have no shortage of those. I think Sam Green's had one good half and a three-point shot in the St. Joe's game so far, right? Not that he's seen too many minutes, but still, that's pretty much the extent of his contribution. And uh, not you know, I don't want to use a pun over here, but he is still very green. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, like with he is very green, so why not? No one expects us to do anything in this tournament or at the end of this season, which is now over. Why not give him minutes if he's actually going to be here next year? Which I guess is a question, but if he's actually going to be here, I feel like giving him minutes a builds up his confidence. And B gives him game experience, which you can't recreate in the off season or in practice. It's a great point. I, th- I think one thing that's been killing me all season is, is, you know, if this is a long-term project, if the idea is growth, uh, the minutes John Moran's getting, I don't understand. I mean, uh, even, unless they're they're so worried about Sam Green that they don't, you know, they don't want to put him in before he's ready and, and do damage. Um, you know, you're trying to develop a team and. and a fifth-year guard who's last in the team in turnover percentage isn't really doing it for me. Yeah, I, I fully agree with you there, Dan. I don't know. 
I mean, I think we've been kind of, some, some of us been calling for Green for most of the year. Maybe just a, mentally he's not prepared fully for the games yet. Uh, I'm not sure what exactly the reason was. I mean, he looks decent enough, especially with how little we have right now. And like you said, Moran really doesn't give you too much. I mean, he can knock down an occasional three here or there, but he turns the ball over, and I don't think he has a two-point bucket all season, does he? He does not. Actually, he doesn't have a two-point bucket for his career. Yeah, so and, I mean, that's, a, and that's and that's not an exaggeration. That's that is true to form. He does not have a two point <laughs> bucket for his career. That's just hilarious to me. That he doesn't that's have crazy. a single two point bucket in his entire career. Not that he got too many minutes before he showed up at Drexel. I think that's the qualifying part there. But still, not one two point shot in his entire career is. Uh, it's pretty funny. But I can only imagine. I don't. Could it be that uh, it could be that they didn't want to play Sam Green until he was more comfortable or me- mentally. Or physically on the court, but could it also be uh, that uh, they want him to transfer out, free up a scholarship, or no? I mean, you never know. I don't. I don't know if it's Piker's mentality. I mean, um, he's looked all right. I mean, maybe he doesn't fit in uh, with the scheme we're trying to run either. I mean, he's kind of like I don't know what he'd be playing if he was in Bruiser's offense. I kind of assumed when we got him, he was kind of going to be like a more of like an undersized four. Um, because that's kind of what he was in high school. I think he kind of like he he. From what I understand, he was big when he was younger, and then he kind of stopped growing. Um, and now he's been like developing his wing skills, but he's still kind of um a little slow footed for the three. So I don't know if that like fits in with our high speed, you know, run and gun that that uh, Spiker wants to play. Uh, I'm not sure there. I I think Sam Green is going to be here next year. Um. And I think that the open scholarship is going to be major Kennedy. Uh, it, it makes me sad to say that because I'm a major fan. I, I'm very happy to see what he's done this year. It's not a negative thing to say that he's not going to be here next year. He has nothing to prove to anybody anymore. Nothing at all. Uh, I, I just honestly think that one way or another, whether he's a fifth-year walk-on or whether he decides to pack it in and pack his basketball career in, I think that major is going to be done after this season. I'm basing that on nothing but pure opinion. I mean, I agree too, just because not only because the injury reasons, but there's just not minutes for him next year. I mean, he's, unless he gets a knee surgery and is a like significantly better player, there's a log jam at guard next year and there's just not going to be minutes there. So I don't know. I can't see a reason for him to come back and not play. Yeah, I would agree. I, I, if I was major, I, I, I mean, he, he, he had too many injuries. You know, you have to go through a whole season. He's not going to play much. I'm glad he got on the court this year. You know, I thought that was great. But I, I agree with you, Scott. So I guess uh, you guys had a great article out on uh, Always the Dragon. I think you guys posted it either yesterday or today uh, for uh, Kirk Lee's case. And you guys also had another one about Rodney's case uh, for uh, – Rodney's case for being the on the first team CAA and Kirk's case for being the CAA Rookie of the Year. And I kind of wanted to talk through that a bit because I think I, I, I can't see, a, I guess, a situation where Kirk wouldn't be the CAA Rookie of the Year. I, I like To me, uh, I know Ryan Daly has had a, a great season, although he, he didn't particularly look great against us in the first game. He definitely put us away in the second. Uh, 
and uh, ran, the Riller kid, uh, you know, destroyed us when we played him at the DAC. Uh, he was uh, he was a beast. He still he had like what six steals that game. So I, I those are the only two contenders. But Kirk Lee is so far and above better than both of them. I would think it's a shoo-in for him. But I don't know what you guys think. I know Dan agrees completely, considering he's the one that made the case. I made the case. I, I actually think Daly's going to win it. Um, I, I just talked to some folks around the league, and and you know he's the leading scorer, so it stands out on his team. Uh, you, you you play Delaware, all you hear about is him. Uh, whereas if you play Drexel, you know, Kirkley is probably the second or third name that's mentioned. Uh, so I think just reputationally, which is what these awards are based off of, it'll probably end up going to Daly. Uh, obviously, I disagree with that. I disagree with that, too, not only because he goes to uh, Delaware. I, I think Riller is the better choice out of those two. If... Lee does not win it. The one thing that we can hang a hat on here is that he had arguably the best freshman year for a point guard in Drexel history. And we're talking about guys like Michael Anderson in that discussion. I mean, really, any freshman I could think of, I mean, in my time following Drexel basketball, which is, you know, it goes back to 2000, but um, statistically, it's been the best of any freshman. I mean, there might be like Damian Lee had a higher ceiling, but his numbers weren't as good. Um, Fouch, maybe you say the same thing, but um, I mean, Kirk Lee has been amazing at times and this is assists and points. And I mean, I, I'll be surprised too, honestly, if he's not just because I know Daly's got more points, but it's really not by much. Um, he rebounds the ball pretty well. I think he's, uh, you know, he's, he's top five in the league in rebounds. But then you look at Kirk Lee for, you know, assists, and he's, uh, you know, top four in the league in assists. He's one of the better three-point shooters in the league. Uh, his assist-to-turnover ratio is pretty good, too. I mean, we're the kid all around, uh, I mean, I, I think he definitely should be the rookie of the year. I mean, Daly is a nice player, but I think if Delaware had more more around him, he wouldn't be forced to do what he's doing, too. I'll bet you 20 bucks daily gets it. Or better than 20 bucks. Sure, why not? And I'm not saying that because I think Daly's a better player. I agree 100% with Dan. Are you saying that because Delaware finished ninth, one whole seat above us? Uh, well, you know, I think that there are no <laughs> shoe-ins. No, that's not why. I think okay. I think they're going to look at the points per game. And the first freshman that shows up on that, they're going to give it to. And that's daily. And... Um, I don't think that there are any shoe-ins for any awards for a last-place team. But the second to last, the ninth there's place, a shoe-in. It's not like, it's like, it's not like Delaware is like a shoe-in. I, <laughs> I, I, mean, I think Riller has an outside shot at getting it. I think Daly's probably going to get it. I think Kirk has an outside shot at getting it. I unfortunately don't think he's going to get it. Also, I, the preseason voting with, with Rodney not getting any kind of respect. and There's just not a lot of... Uh, of folks looking looking to Drexel to, to give awards to these days. I mean, the only thing I could say, like, too, is, I mean, this is the next point a little bit, is that we are a last-place team, and you're looking at, uh, you know, Kirk Lee as possible freshman of the year, and Rodney as, uh, you know, possible first-team player, and we're in last place. I know that's not really either one of those two guys' fault in particular. Coaches? Uh, it's – um, I believe it's it's a it's a coach it's either a coach or an AD the SID and a media member representing each school 
and they cannot vote for their own school. Yeah, he's not getting it. <laughs> did they? Did they? Uh, you know, is it uh, public? How many votes the other uh, players got uh, outside of the winner, or no? I don't know what they released. Actually, I have to look at last year's. Yeah, because I'd be curious to see uh, if uh, Kirk, if he doesn't finish first, if he finishes second or third, because I, to me, Kirkley's performance this year, and I get, I get the fact that you know nobody's looking at Drexel to give out awards right now, but are you looking at Delaware from a from a, from a talent standpoint? I think they're worse than us, but from a record standpoint, of course, they're above us. But yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Ryan Daly's trash. He's just scoring a lot of points because there's no one else to shoot the ball. Well, that's my big argument between the two of them, right? I mean, if, if you put good players around Daly, his numbers go down. If you put good players around Lee, his numbers go up. Agreed. I 100% agree with that. And I think there's some smart coaches in, in the league, at least, who are going to probably put Kirk Lee over Daly, if I had to take a guess. Um, and you also, you know, you really also have to look at what they offer. Uh, Lee, is, Lee is a more traditional point guard. Uh, he's scoring more than you would expect a point guard to, but... He, he has more of the tools, especially in the offensive end of the court, that you would expect from you know a point guard versus Daly, who, from looking at his numbers here, is is relatively one-dimensional. I, he, he can shoot. And even so, I mean, in Riller's defense, you know, Riller's an 80% free throw shooter. He's a 55% two-point shooter for a guard. He's got a four, almost you know, a 47.5% shooting percentage for his total field goal percentage. I mean... If, if you're looking for efficiency, your guy is is Riller. If you're looking for a guy who is the man on a team, it's Daly. If you're looking for the guy who excels the most at the role that he plays, it's going to be Lee. I agree. I mean, I think I think he's great. I think Grant Riller is the best freshman in the conference. How many times have you seen Grant Riller play? <laughs> I'm looking. Yeah, I saw him play twice. Here we go okay. again. Grant Riller, like what Scott just said, like, that was a great point. I, no, I understand, he's, but he's as a guard, he's shooting forty-eight percent from the field. As a yeah, guard. but he, he's a he's the third or fourth guy you guard on that team. Yeah, so he's getting he's getting open looks. There's been times this year where Kirk Lee is the only guy, like <laughs> taking the shots down the end of the court. I mean, he's he's on a good team, and that can affect his stats both ways. I mean, it makes it a little easier for him to play because there's like he is the third guy on the team, so you know there's there's attention is taken away from him. Um, I would be surprised they pick him just statistically alone, just on points alone. He's just not – the other two are both in the top ten. He's he's outside of the top ten. I don't think – I mean, efficiency, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can see where you're, where you're going with that, but I don't know if that's looked upon as much as just a straight-up like, points. The voters use big or small data? <laughs> My guess would be small data, but <laughs> – I think that's a lot of gut. My guess would be, yeah, no, no data. <laughs> okay, can I can I ask a question of the group then? Um, which is going to be more likely to happen? Kirk Lee getting freshman of the year in the conference or Kirk Lee playing the two guard? <laughs> mm. Freshman of the year. I'd say freshman of the year. Two yeah. freshman of the year. And I, <laughs> yeah, and I wrote I'd for him to, to be the two guard, but freshman <laughs> of the year. I figured Dan was going to say two guard. I'm saying two guard. <laughs> you just like being different, don't you, Nick? I just don't see how the two guard is likely. Yeah, no, they, they won't do that. But they they may, you know, kind of hedge a little bit and just try to create some shots for him, at, even at the one. Well, the way he's shooting the ball, they got to find more they ways did, to get him the to get him the get him the ball to shoot bigger, maybe. But he's 
five eight. Like I don't think you even the even the best offense, I don't think you're gonna be able to generate enough with him at the two uh to be able to to sustain sustain that. I think you just ride with him at the one. Maybe like four or five minutes a game he's at the two. I mean it's also it's also a completely different skill set. I mean, it's easier to go from a, a one to a two than a, a two to a one, obviously. But um, like just having the ball in your hands and creating and making your own shot are, is a lot different than you know having to work your way off the ball and get around screens and find yourself open. I mean, I, I don't know how good he'd be at that. Not only at his size at five eight, but um, you know, just developing that skill set this late in the. In the game when he's he's a I mean naturally a point guard. So he, here's a question: Do you you have to think back to what you thought of Franz Massenat, Jamie Harris, and Bashir Mason after their freshman years? But who are you most encouraged about of those four? Looking at just their freshman year performance. For freshman year. Massonat didn't really do much as freshman. Yeah, games. I mean, he just passed the ball to other people. It's Kirk Lee. I mean, yeah, I can't think of another freshman. Yeah, and I think Scott brought that up that he is well, like the best po- uh, freshman point guard we've ever had, right? Or was it? He, he's got better numbers than uh, than Michael Anderson. He he's got better assist numbers than Anderson, better scoring numbers than Anderson, and he's one point behind Rankin for uh, most points in a freshman year. It's really crazy how good he's actually been. I mean, there was a stretch where he was trying to take it in the middle a little bit too much and wasn't um, doing a good job of uh, protecting the ball, and he was getting blocked and turning over a little bit. But then he's, like, adjusted towards the end of the year, um, and that hasn't really been happening as much. I'm actually amazed at some of the shots he hits with the three-pointers or the hand in his face or taking the lane and absorbing contact and scoring over guys. I mean, he's still obviously not a perfect player, but – I mean, as far as freshmen go, he's as good as we've seen. Yeah, I mean, Kirk Lee, uh, his his step-back jumper, I was super impressed with. I'm super impressed with his finishing ability around the rim, except for that one time at Townsend. But um, the chippy right at the end. Oh, yeah. But he, <laughs> he made a bunch of say, Yeah, he Rick, was carrying he was, No, I know. I'm just, I mean, he was doing everything up until that. I, I'm not, I don't blame him. The only two things I want to see him work on going into his sophomore year is his free throws and his assist-to-turnover ratio. And I think he had a couple a str- couple stretches there where he would try and do too much. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the stats here. He's sixth in that. Ingram, Denzel Ingram, is, his ratio is top of the league, and it's two times better than Kirk Lee's. I think that's an incredibly important stat for a point guard. And his free throw percentage needs to be better as a point. He works on those two things. It keeps everything going. He is going to be an all-league player very, very shortly. His his ceiling is very high right now as long as the rest of the league doesn't figure out his game. I don't don't know if they're going to be able to, too. I think we're going to have more weapons next year. There's going to be less attention that's able to be paid to him. It's going to be – I'm actually very interested to see next year because we have so many guards. I think it's going to be a completely different style. We're going to be running a lot more. I mean, you said, uh, you know, Harper's quick. You guys saw him at practice and – I've watched a ton of, uh, you know, as much footage as I could find on the two of them. Um, and, I mean, uh, Isabel is all over the floor, too. I mean, he can, he, can do a lot, he can do a lot with the ball in his hand. So Isabel is a kid who was heavily recruited at one point by Gonzaga as well, from, from what I've found in, in researching him. So uh, he, he had a very high ceiling coming out of high school. 
he just needs to play up to that potential in at at some level. I, mean, I think he was even putting together like some good games at Missouri. I just think that team is a mess, and they, I mean, the whole it looked like everyone transferred out of there, um, pretty much. So uh, I think he'll he'll be a nice player for us if he even somewhat matches up to the hype. Remember when Evan Niesler? Was like really highly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, we've I mean, talked about these some of these guys before. Overton, same thing could be said. Remember that Evan Niesler jumper? That was a hideous <laughs> jump shot. It's getting back to Kirk Lee over here. So Nick, you're saying a, a no? Is that right? I'm saying, unfortunately, no. For who? Grant Riller? He's not going to be the rookie of the year. Who's rookie of the year? Ryan Daly. Ryan Daly. Okay. Okay, let's let's capture that too. So you're saying our Ryan Daly gets it? Okay, Bill, what about you? I'm going to go with Kirkley, although I've been wrong on many times. Bet Bill, but you know what? Bill picking him almost makes me want to not pick him because he's been wrong so many times this year. Right. Marshall. Uh, I don't know anything about the other guys except the one kid's from Delaware, so fuck him. Uh, I'm going to go with Kirkley. <laughs> <laughs> Scott. As much as I want to say Kirkley, uh, I got to go Grant Riller. Grant Riller. All right. I like it. Dan. Uh, yeah, I I. I can't stand this, but Ryan Daly. Ryan Daly, wow! Two guys picking Delaware. This, he, he may not, he may not be a thirteen player when he's a senior. <laughs> I, I gotta go. I'm gonna go uh, for the home team over here, so I'm gonna go Kirk Lee. But with that, the other uh, the other big, uh, I think Scott, you put you wrote this article regarding uh, Rodney Williams on his case of after being completely snubbed uh, uh, and not being on the first team pre uh, CAA. Uh, first team or second team, he's going to make the first team, you think? I think so. I, I think that of the big men in the CAA, I think Rodney Williams had the best season. Devontae Kaycuck is a close second, but he just was not consistent enough all year. I, I think Kaycuck is, go, is going to be one of the best big men in the next couple of years in the CAA, hands down. But I think for this season – you got to put a big on the all-conference team. It can't be five guards as as much as they would like to in the CAA because it's a very guard-heavy, guard-centric conference. I I think Rodney Williams showed the most to the league this year. I mean, I've, I've talked about this topic enough. Uh, yeah, so have I. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask a question real quick. Did Robert Battle make first team all CAA? Yeah. Did he? Oh, all right. We've only had. I think I went through this before. Sammy didn't make it. Did we have two before. I know it's like Phil did Goss, Elagor, Frank did not. I remember there was a couple big men, and I could have sworn I got really snubbed in this. Frank, Sammy. I feel like Sammy. the only award they give Drexel is Coach of the Year to Bruiser. <laughs> That's only because they want us to resign Bruiser. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I didn't interrupt. So Dan says, or Scott says, he's making it. We know what Bill's going to say. We know what I'm going to say. I mean, who do you think? That's my my case is the same. I'll talk about it anyway. Uh, <laughs> who else? What forward can you put on there other, outside of Rodney? I know. I mean, Peacock is he's a good player, and I mean, his field goal percentage is ridiculous, and he rebounds really well. But he pretty much just dunks on that team. I mean, I, that's why his field goal percentage is so high. I mean, he hits some things here and there, but um, he scores well, most of the points. You have to put a forward on it. I, I mean, is it, it, uh, that's why my case are you for Rodney. creating a starting lineup. I mean, were you picking the top five players? I think usually when you pick the all-conference team, you pick positionally as well. So you'll, I mean, for the most part at least, they're going to put at least one forward on there. 
only one. And I think if you put one on there, it's Rodney. Well, let's just say, who are the locks? Let's forget Rodney for a second. C.J. Bryce is a lock, right? T.J. Williams is a lock. Daniel Dixon. Those three have to be on, right? I don't know that Dixon has to be, but I think he will be. Uh, Joe Cheely on Charleston, actually, I think is a lock. So you got Cheely. Well, the way they do it, T.J. Williams. The way they do it, I think, is they do they do a player of the year, right? And then they do a first team. Yeah, it's a it's a six player a six first man. Team. Oh, it's a six man team. It's a six man team. So I think they probably put T.J. Williams as player of the year. I I agree with that. T.J. Williams definitely player of the year. Statistically, he's he's the best. So then okay. you have you got Dixon, Foreman, Bryce. If you're just going straight down the line, Cheely, you know, <laughs> and then it's Rodney Williams is the only forward. Uh, and you're gonna leave Chris Fleming's off? Yeah. Well, he was better Fle- last year. Yeah. And if you put Fleming on, then you have, you have he's not really a forward. There's no forwards. It's, just, it's an entire team of guards. Which in that case I win the bet anyway. <laughs> what about Pruitt? Is he a guard? He's a big guard. He's like a wing. There's there's like four names I want to drop, and Pruitt was one of them. Kaycock is one of them. Um, Jarrell Brantley on College of Charleston. Um, he was rookie of the year last year. People love him, um, and he's he's been very efficient, very good on that team. And then the uh, I'm about to pull a Rick Perry and name say four guys and name three. Uh, no, um, Tyler Sebring of Elon was the other guy, who's kind of a guard, kind of a four. I think any of those guys are contention. And again, I, I just don't think Drexel gets a ton of respect from, from the voters. I mean, I, I'll agree with that. Uh, I mean, we're, we're a last place team, and if Kirk Lee gets freshman of the year and you're putting Rodney on first team and you're looking, okay, this team's in 10th place, it doesn't look great. So, yeah, I mean, I can see there's either. There's zero chance I could see, that Kirk Lee gets the rookie of the year and Rodney gets first team. There's zero chance. I could see. I wouldn't say zero, but I could see there's very less likely. But, like, if, if, if what do you think is more likely? I think it's more likely Rodney's first team by, but than Kirk Lee being the whole rookie. Unfortunately, I'd probably go the other way around if I was making the decision. I think, I mean, Kaycock has some pretty good rebounding stats, block stats. He's, I know he dunks all the time, but his field goal percentage is 20 points higher than the next guy. I mean, that's pretty ridiculous. But he's also like 20-something in scoring. Usually you don't think of a first-team player who's... He had 25 rebounds against us in one game. I don't know. The kid's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know if he's first team this year, and I don't know if you, if you know, being a senior comes into play at all. I mean, it doesn't seem like it does most times, but um, I just think, I mean, Rodney's a focal point of this offense. Kaycock is not a focal point of that offense. And Bill, I think you made the point. It might have been in last last week's uh, podcast or the last podcast about Rodney constantly playing under the double team. I, you know, if, if you if you add that into the equation, and you know, it, it's tough, I guess, for the media to look at that outside of the stat line, but he he is heavily covered. He's heavily focused on this team. And the other point that I made in the article is the amount of leadership and professionalism, and just being good for the game that that Rodney brings to the floor and and Rodney brings to the environment of of Drexel and of the CAA. I mean, he's the model basketball player. He is. How you want somebody to act on and off the floor. Technical foul last week, be damned. He's he's the guy that you want on the floor, and he's how. About damn time he got a technical foul. If I I was uh, Rodney Williams, I'd have gotten a technical foul a long time ago. The number of times he's been smacked in the face and he just kind of shakes it off, uh, you know, it's. I agree with that. So you prefer like the 
Kirk Cousins mentality where he just gets technicals oh. left and right? I, I mean, I, I think Rodney's a great kid for everything Scott said. I think he's a model citizen. You know, I just think, you know, when we're giving up 100 points to William and Mary in regulation, let's show I, – I, he's a senior leader of the team. Get mad. Do, you know, get a technical. Like, let's – Let's get, you know, uh, where's the leadership here? I, leadership? What? Getting a technical is not leadership. <laughs> that's, like, that's a ridiculous thing. It statement. was for Bruiser. Yeah, I mean, a technical foul. I'd prefer a guy never get a technical foul, which he barely ever did. Men have won his, that might have been his only his old career. I mean, technical foul isn't a, isn't well, a positive thing. Well, I mean, thing. not technical, but show some emotion. Show, you know, I, the kid plays hard all the time. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I not, I'm not arguing. I, I, we had enough of a drunken argument last, last podcast. What do you mean? Rehashing of this argument. That, okay, so so Nick, are you saying Rodney makes it or doesn't make it? He's not. He's not going to make it. Okay, uh, Bill makes it. Marshall, what do you think? Uh, again, I don't know enough about the other bigs in the league, but I'll say Rodney gets it. He's he's about. I, he's either just hit it or he's about to be the nineteenth guy in Drexel history to get five hundred points in a season. Um. 500 points in a season is n- not easy as a big. So I don't know what the other bigs have reached out. I don't know if it's a number that the people who vote on this look at, but to me, he passes the eye test as being uh, first team. Scott, clearly you, you think he's going to make it, right? I I absolutely think he deserves it. Let's put it that way. I'm, I'm of the same thought. I'm, I'm of the same thought process that he got snubbed big time in the beginning of the season. And I'm of the same thought process that, that for some reason, some reason, you know, Drexel has been the donkey of this league when it comes to publicizing them and, and putting their players out there for their accomplishments. What about you, Dan? What do you think is going to happen? I think he lands on the second team. I, I, I think Rodney's going to, uh, Rodney's going to get the bid and Kirk's not. Out of the two, so I have to go with Rodney getting, uh, being on the first team, I guess, because I, I think I, it's it's a better, easier case to make for a senior big man on a in a league right now that I don't think has, uh, you know, Rodney is cl- from from a position standpoint probably the uh, top scoring player, so it's hard to not give it though. Does Kirk, as a freshman, have a chance at third team All CAA? Yeah, I think he has a chance. Is there an all rookie team? Yeah, there is. He's, I mean, he's definitely on that. Sure. I mean, he has to be. There's really not even many. I mean, there's in the top 30 players. Scoring wise, there's, I don't know how many freshmen. Four or five. See, there's a shot I mean, that Cowher ends up on that team. Yeah, <laughs> there is a shot that he ends up on a team. Yeah. I mean, especially, do they do six players of that too, Dan? I, I'm not sure. Do they do the, play, you know, freshman of the year and then? I have last year's in front of me. Let me take a look here. Uh, five. Five for that. They just do five. Okay. And I mean, six for the all-defensive team. That makes no sense. I mean, Kari's got a shot. Anybody want to nominate anybody for the all-defensive team? <laughs> On our squad? <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't- he didn't give up many points this year. I mean, there's there's periods of time where this was the worst, some of the worst defensive performances I've ever seen. Like that William and Mary game was uh, was bad. I think I think maybe one of the Elon games. I don't know. There's been a couple that were, and not a single person stands out really defensively. 
as, as a caveat to that, though, you, you don't see players coming out of high school playing tremendous defense when they get to their freshman year. It's, it's not a common thing. You, you, you recruit guys for points, especially a guy like Kirk Lee, for example, who went unrecruited for so long and, and Spiker was able to pick him up so late in the game. You know, defense develops. I, I, I'm a firm believer of that. Is it, de- defense needs to be practiced and it needs to be developed because you're playing at a next level. You're playing against guys that are bigger than you, that are better than you, and that are more seasoned than you. I, I say give the defense time. Um, it's also, you know, our guys, for all the returning players, we're used to a very plotting, man-to-man, drag-it-out defense. And Spiker comes in and wants to play a completely different style of play. So I think that factors into it, too. I'm not, I mean, there's not, this season was kind of a work in progress. It's a transitional year. We didn't have a lot of returning. It was actually the perfect year to, like, move on to a new coach. But um, it, it's, it was a very much work in progress. And hopefully next year we'll see, you know, better defense, a little more firepower, and better results. Who do you think the defensive player of the year is in the conference? I mean, they... Usually, I feel like they go for either the leader in blocks or the leader in steals. And maybe that's not always the case if someone doesn't stand out there. Um, I don't even know. I haven't really been checking those stats too much. I'm looking at it now. Nathan Knight from William & Mary, leader in blocks with Kaycock, number two. I think Kaycock has a pretty good shot, right? He's got – is he number one with rebounds? He's number Two. two in rebounds. And his two in blocks. That's a possibility. I think Kaycock gets it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a solid guess as any. Bill, you mentioned that this was a, probably a good transition year and how uh, with Spiker coming in. Do you think, has Spiker lived up to your uh, expectations this year? I'd say it's a little low, or I was hoping that we would be, even with all those things. Um, if we didn't finish in 10th, Maybe we finished a little bit higher. I mean, the circumstances are, are weird because we lost a couple of players and, um, you know, some various factors. But I still would have liked to see the defense be a little bit better at times. That's what actually worries me the most, even though, like, you know, it is a transitional year. We have a lot of young players, new system, all that. Um, but I would put it at a hair of disappointment. I'm not writing Spiker off at, at all. I think he's doing a very extremely good job recruiting. I mean, Kirkley is unbelievable. Carries looks like a nice addition. I think these transfers are going to be good. From what I've seen from the two bigs we're bringing in next year, they both look good. So I'm impressed there. And that was my biggest concern with him coming in was the recruiting. I wasn't sure how he was going to be with that coming from Army, but he seems like he's uh, really delivering there. So he's above my expectations on on the recruiting aspect. Defensively, that's the biggest question for me. So I'll put it a little bit below where I expected. I think that's a fair judgment. Uh defensively i think we've talked about it over and over again but uh it maybe it's personnel maybe it's uh you know the, just the scheme that we're still getting used to but then again in the last few games the defense has been better for either the fact that we just have we've been forced to run the clock down every time as opposed to do the run and gun offense that we were used to in the first half so um i'd say it's uh, it's not in the very beginning of the year before we actually saw how good Kirk Lee was and um, how good of a shooter Kauri was, I'd say I probably thought we'd finish towards uh, where we did end up finishing. But that being said, I think we saw a little bit of glimmer with some early 
wins, albeit out of conference against uh, Hartford and teams like North Texas and High Point. Uh, I thought that did give us you know, a little bit of a hope, but I thought our CAA performance would have been better than it ended up being, especially with some tough losses over there towards the end uh, against like teams like Delaware. So, Yeah, I agree with Leon. I think after we, I, I got to look at how good some of our players were that we, Spiker brought in. We, we, we had three wins in 2017. You know, one was at home Wayne and Mary, one was at really bad Delaware team, which we lost to their place, and that one-point win at Hofstra, which we could have easily lost. Um, I, I thought we would do better going into the CAA play. I know we had some injuries, you know, but they didn't happen until later on after we were already on a big losing streak. So I'm a little disappointed. Um... But I feel exactly with Leon. I think probably going into the year, you know, I probably would have expected us to not do too well. But after seeing his play, I would have thought we did better. We would have done better than we have, even including the injuries. So, you know, I, I like what I've seen as far as progress, right? I mean, when the defense became a real issue, they, they kind of sli- were able to solidify it earlier in the season when turnovers were a real issue. You know, they worked on that. You saw improvement. Um Improvement's a nice, nice thing to see. Um, obviously, the injuries down the stretch really kind of put them out of sync uh, for his last few games. But um, I, I, two things really make me not happy, and then that's that's one is the number of close games that we lost um, because I think that is reflective of of, of late game situational play, um, which has not been good. And then um, two is the fact that there's no talent at Delaware. Delaware's a bad team. That's 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 a legitimate, you know, bottom of the country team, and they finished ahead of us in the standings. So I mean, you, you have to give if 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 the question is Spiker versus Inglesby year one, you know, unless something happens this weekend, I think it, it's going to have to go to Inglesby, and that 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 upsets me. Yeah, I agree. Delaware's terrible. <laughs> yeah, the late game situation thing is a good thing you bring up, Dan, because. I haven't been having watched uh, Bruiser for the last 15, 16 years. Uh, we were always, uh, we were used to not being able to drop a good play at the end of the game. Uh, and uh, that's, and we were hoping that I guess with Spiker, it would be a little different. And uh, we did have that one game where it, in Bruiser area would probably been a loss, but there's been play- more games this year towards the end where we couldn't finish it off. Uh, the Townsend game at home kind of comes to mind, even though that's the game that Kari kind of got injured and was on the sideline for. We had so many opportunities, so many to score, and we we got the ball back with uh, where it was a jump ball. We got it back. We, it was uh, out of bounds that went in our favor, and we still couldn't uh, seem to draw up a play uh, to kind of get the job done there and. That, that's concerning to me, even if it's uh, the very first year. I do think, to his credit, there's a lot of big picture stuff they've got to work on, and they probably don't have much time to work on situational drills and the like. But, I mean, they're, they're actually pretty good statistically coming out of timeouts on the play following a timeout. Uh, offensively, they are hideous coming out of a de- timeout defensively. For me personally, uh, Spiker exceeded my expectations. I did not expect nine wins out of this team, number one. 
you know, the, 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 the close games were tough. I, I think that this team has a lot more ability than what their win-loss record shows. Off the court, though, I think that Zach Spiker is the guy that this program needs. He, he's personable. He's doing everything that he can to, to get you know, the fans involved and the students involved and actually put people back in the seats. And the biggest thing for me coming into this year was what are we going to do when Rodney Williams graduates? Um, I saw nothing the previous two years out of the bigs other than Austin, other than Rodney rather Austin Williams has developed. Uh, he looked tremendous this year. And frankly, I credit the coaching staff with that to, to make as big a leap as Austin made. I mean, you know, he's got a guy like, like Paul Fortier who's, who's coaching him and that's gotta be the, the biggest feather in his cap for Austin is the fact that he is a guy who's as accomplished and, talented as 48 is uh i i think that that shows the ability of what spiker can do and if if he's going to be able to develop players and and raise their ceiling the way that he raised austin's this year then hey i i think that's a huge win yeah i think austin williams has done pretty well i i think when we started turning the corner defensively and a couple games it was austin williams that led the charge for me block shots got rebounds stopped letting wide open layups go right into the, the basket. I think he could be a really good defender for us next year. I'd, I'd like to see that. You know, he's got some post moves. He'll be okay. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Tyshawn Miles. You know, kind of he started the season getting more minutes than he has I feel, doing more. We kind of he kind of regressed a little bit. I feel like he's slow footed on defense and he he really didn't show much this year, but I mean, Austin was good, and, and amazingly, like Muhammad Ba has actually been giving well, we some somewhat Ma. solid Ma minutes. Been doing decent. He's been having some solid minutes the last couple games. And Spiker mentioned that he was hurt for the beginning part of the year, so maybe that was part of the reason why he wasn't playing um, early on. But I mean, I I agree with uh, with you on Austin Williams. I mean, he he looks like we'll have a nice post player still for next year. Uh, when we do lose Rodney, and if he didn't develop this year, we would have absolutely nothing outside of a hope that maybe one of these freshmen could come in and play right away. Because I mean, I, I mean, I don't unless Tyshawn Miles makes it an incredible jump uh, next year or Pack or something like. Neither one of those guys shows that they can be anything uh, scoring consistently on the inside. I see Jarvis Souls slotting right into this offense the, from. Just, this is based just on the videos I've seen, so take it with that grain of salt. But from what I've seen that Spiker wants, what I think Spiker wants this offense to look like, the way he's had Rodney take some outside shots that aren't necessarily part of his repertoire, I don't see Austin Williams necessarily filling that role. I think Austin will still obviously be our, our uh, number one big um, coming into next year, but I think Jarvis Doles is going to be kind of our go-to uh, big uh, for uh, for even as a freshman. Uh, I mean, I think looking at the two guys he's bringing in with Perry and Doles, um, Perry looks more in the mold of like you know a traditional five. So I think that's where Austin's still going to fit into that role. The five is probably going to be similar to what we have now. Still a guy who can get up and down the court, but a guy who's going to be mostly playing inside. Now Doles. Is going to be like our four, I would imagine. He's more of like what we'd look for in the spiker offensive of a four, a guy who can shoot outside, he can handle the ball a little bit, 
could do a little bit more. Whereas like Bruiser's four was typically just really two fives, essentially. We just have, you know, two big men in there, like, you know. So. You had your offensive five and your defensive five. Yeah, you got two guys basically who can score inside. They don't really bring much to the table outside of maybe like uh, I guess Niesler and Randy Ovenicki a little bit who shot from from outside. But it wasn't even like that wasn't even part of the offense. It was just something that those guys did a little bit and shot the ball from there. Not that Niesler really had a great jump shot, but um, but it was typically two fives. So I think Doles fits in more with the four where that Spiker wants. But Perry still looks like like that traditional five. Like I watched. Uh, about three of his games. I'll probably watch a couple more. Um, he's Isn't more he more like a project, you were saying, Harry? He's 6'10". I mean, he looks... He's not a complete project. There's times where he actually looks like he knows what he's doing. Like, he throws in a post move and hits, like, a nice layup. And then another time, he'll, you know, he can hit a little bit of an outside jump shot. And then the next one, he'll brick it terribly or he'll badly miss a layup. So he's, like, a little... Oh, so fit right in. He's he's inconsistent right now. Uh, but he's, he's 6'10". definitely not a freshman starter no you won't start i mean if i austin williams will start i think it's just going to come down to whether it's doles or if we play like a four four guard lineup i guess that would really i do not see us doing a four guard lineup marshall do you have uh, anything to add on to uh, the spikers uh, first year um i think you guys are a little more encouraged about it than i am um the i think coming into the year I was still salty about the choice. Um, nothing against Spiker. I just thought that there were more options that we didn't even explore before making the hire. Um, so admittedly, um, I, I, trying to set that aside, I do like the guy. Um, I, I just, I think there are some things that I would have liked to see um, that I didn't. And uh, and not just wins, but in terms of how how things were played out, and injuries, I'm sure affected that too. I just I think you guys are a little more up on him going into the future than I am. That's not to say I'm completely pessimistic on it, uh, but yeah, I think freshman year it is what it is. We're a last place team, and we have a couple question marks. I mean, here's a question for you, Marshall. If Spiker came in and what he got hired in April, and he recruited Kirkley. All right, say May. Kirkley and Kari from Iceland in the five months before the season starts, and they're two of our top players. Basically, you know, if we if yeah, most so coaches wouldn't be would have to just deal with what's coming back. If we had to deal with what was just coming back, I and mean, where are we? Last place of the league. <laughs> No, no wins. <laughs> We're back, back to your argument. <laughs> this is your own argument. I fully let me just start this with I fully agree with you. But if wins is all that matters, then he got us nothing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, Kirkley, I'm, I'm most impressed, like I said before, with the recruiting. I mean, not only with the two guys who are playing who could both be on the all rookie team, but I think the transfers too, and I know there's you know there's hype and whatever, but you got to give him an A for recruiting so far, at least a high B plus. I mean, you could give, give him a, a C a. on game situations, you can give him a D on defense, but you got to give him a high score on recruiting so far. I don't I don't see how you don't. I'm enthusiastic. No, I, I, I about fully agree with that. I, I fully agree with the recruit the job that he did with, uh, like you said, getting those two guys in. Uh, 
from the time he was hired to the start of the season, tremendous. And I do like the Doles signing. I don't, I, I think the jury's still out on the Perry uh, signing. Um, game situations, yeah. I mean, pretty much everything you just said. I just think we're looking at the same things, and I'm coming in a little more pessimistically. And I'm trying not to have the fact that um, that my opinion was that we should have tried to get like Ashley Howard as head coach. I'm trying not to have that influence this. I just think you guys are slightly more up on what you think the upper ceiling of this team in next year, two years, three years from now is. Yeah, I'm not saying like he's a home run by any stretch of the imagination. I guess I'm. Yeah, I think Marshall just saying that uh, he's uh, even less positive than we are. Right. Or, no, I hear you. That's all it is. Uh, so this weekend we have the CAA tournament down in uh, North Charleston, not to be confused with Charleston, I guess. Uh, and the North Charleston Palace. No, it's. <laughs> is that a thing? I guess it's a thing because there's the. Uh, we're not. We're. It's right by the airport. I think they they officially call it the North Charleston. Is it the Coliseum? It's another damn Coliseum. <laughs> this is not. This is not bode well for us. Not that we did great in the Royal Farms Arena, but. Uh, Does still. the roof leak? <laughs> But uh, so let's get uh, this. Uh, we play in the wonderful Friday game uh, against James Madison. What, what's the predictions? Did we make it out of Friday? Did we make it out of the pillow fight? I think, Nick, either way, you owe somebody a beer from, my, uh, from what I remember. Yes, I do. I, uh, Brian Mole, I think his name is. I, I got to find him. I, I, I'll pay my bet up. I'll, I'll pay that beer with Bill's $20, he's going to pay me. <laughs> um. Predictions, we beat James Madison, we lose the College of Charleston. If we have Kari. No, you can't, you can't qualify it, I don't think. Okay, fine. No, I'll allow him to Win-win. qualify it. That's, that's completely a valid qualification. No qualifying. If he qualifies, then that's just an excuse for, for getting the, the pick from. It's one or the other. You think he's going to be there? I think he's going to play. Okay. I just I have no evidence behind that at all. I think he's going to play. I think Spiker's holding him out. I think we're going to beat James Madison and we'll lose to Charleston. Okay. So I think that's completely reasonable. I've been I've been way too positive, so I'm going lost right away. Bounce it out. Hoping I'm wrong. Hopefully, Kari will play and we'll win, but I'm going to go with a loss. Marshall, do you want to go next? Uh, we're going to win. We're going to win Friday. We're going to win Saturday. We're going wow. to win Sunday. We're going to win Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Change your plane tickets. Play in game. We're going to win that, and then we're going to be the first 16 seed to beat a number one seed when we beat Villanova. Wow. I don't, I don't know what your record for the pick in the year is, but you should just lose automatically for that prediction. Can you put some money on, on and Vegas on this? <laughs> You'd win a lot of money if, if that actually came true. Marshall's been, I think, the big winner. His predictions uh, so far this year have been on point because he's just been going losses throughout the year. Yeah, now, now he is going crazy. Sorry, guys. I lost my mind for a second. We're going to lose on Friday. <laughs> yeah, I kind of hate going up against a team with like 18 seniors on it in a, in a winner-go-home setting, and JMU is basically all seniors. Uh, but there's a chance all right, they have the worst coach in the conference, and, and with the long rest, uh, give me Drexel on Friday. And uh, and it's it's not going to be good against Charleston if we get there. Scott? Uh, I have enough faith in this team that I'm going to – I think we're going to beat JMU on Friday. I really do. 
Uh, and then I think we're going to lose in the next round against Charleston. I think Charleston is actually probably has a good chance of taking it. it it's going to be them and UNCW, and it's going to be a heck of a game. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Charleston came out on top. No, I, it's hard to argue that. I, I have to, I have to uh, say that we win against JMU on Friday. I think we had a good shot against them that uh, the recent home game. And I think Kari is going to be back as well. So I think we beat JMU and uh, Charleston's just too much this year for us to take on. So we lose to them. I'd like to see Kari shoot at least 15 threes coming off screens. He's a hoist up at least 15 and we win. Just to be clear, if he's not there, I want Kirkley to do the exact same thing. I'm fine with that. There's too many win predictions. I didn't. Well, listen, uh, I think Kirk's, Kirk's the guy here. Uh, they have to hold on to the basketball. Both times they play JMU, they've just coughed it up all night. And uh, and the other problem is if they're leading late, they don't have a foul shooter with, with Overton out and, and the uh, carry out. So yeah. That's a problem if you're leading late. I think so, the big turn is who wins beer pong tournament. The traditional beer pong tournament that we have every year. Bill, it won't be me. Wow, that's a, that's an underdog prediction there, Nick. <laughs> wow, Scott, are you actually making it down to Charleston, man? What's the latest? Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to skip this one. Uh, however, the, the the caveat to this is I don't care what the cost is. If this team makes the finals, I'm flying down for Monday's game. Oh, there we go. Yeah, man. Oh, private plane <laughs> right there. That's pretty safe. He'll be saving that money. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I as as much as it pains me, um, you know, I, I made the North Carolina trip this year, and that's that's going to be my big trip for this season. Next season's a different story. If Bill makes it to the finals of the beer pong tournament, will you fly down for that? <laughs> <laughs> About as likely. It'll be a long shot. That's a little less likely. Bill has a window. If he has seven beers on him, but before it gets to his like ninth beer, when he knocks out, then he yeah, becomes is. a very good beer pong. It depends on the type player. of beer, too, though. Like it's There's a lot, a lot of factors, a lot of variables going on over there. Yeah, I, I'd usually knock out before the championship game at that, at that pace, I think. That's also the window that when he hits on women at the bar, too. <laughs> Between seven and nine beers, you have about a 30, 25 minute window, and then he wants, then he wants. I get, in the, I get in a good zone and a certain amount of beers, but I just I'm hitting all cylinders. It's a very small window though, because then the street meat window takes. Ah, uh, that's true. If Bill could spend his entire life between seven and nine beers, he would be the most high functioning human being. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are all pretty much saying that. Between seven to nine beers, Bill's just better at life. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I'll agree with that, too. If I had seven or nine beers at work right now, I would be producing at a higher level. I, I, I don't know if that's possible. Facts. I disagree. <laughs> uh, is there a suit update this week? Or is I that too much to ask? Suits. The suit update is we're going to wear suits to... I don't know if we're going to do it to the game. I'm tempted to. we got to do it to the game. Marshall, you want to wear the suit to the game? I'll wear, I'll wear mine to the game if you wear yours. Yeah, let's show Spiker how it's done. I'm going three-piece. Okay, so the suit update will be on the Dragons Cast Instagram with Marshall and I sporting some high quality tailored custom suits. That's the suit update. I won't be wearing a suit. <laughs> That's my update. You own a suit? Oh, imagine Bill between seven and nine beers wearing a suit. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Unstoppable. That's like him and that's Leo DiCaprio and then Bill between seven and nine beers in a suit. <laughs> I'm surprised Nick didn't go with Ryan Gosling. 
But uh, <laughs> Gosling's below that bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is high praise. Uh, it's uh, thank you, Dan and Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if uh, people want to, if they're not all already going to alwaysadragon.com, I'm sure. Yeah, anybody that uh, listens to the podcast also goes to alwaysadragon.com. But if not, the website is alwaysadragon.com, and uh, Twitter handle is always do Great. Uh, anything else that you guys wanted to add on before we wrapped up for today? I just want to say thanks for having us on. It's been it's it's been quite a year for us. Uh, I I have a lot to thank Dan for for you know when when we put this whole venture together at the beginning of the season to to move Dragon Speak over to the new platform. Uh, he put a lot of faith in me to get it off the ground, and and I really appreciate that. And I I really really like where we've gone this year with the site. And I'm I'm looking forward as as we grow it and as we you know watch this team develop into what we're hoping it's going to become it's 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 going to be a fun ride and i'm I'm glad i have a front row seat for it yeah um no, i want to want to thank you guys for having us on uh, we've actually gotten tremendous cooperation from drexel this year which has been, been fantastic um so i think yeah you look at you know we, we've got a new a new web space here for for fans and, and uh, we've got the podcast now with you guys and uh, the fans are ready so it's it's maybe time for the school to step up, but uh, it's 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 a it's a fun time. Uh, there's there's at least a light, and, and this is a good time to be out there. So uh, we'll we'll have coverage throughout the tournament. Hopefully, I won't be writing a whole lot of it, uh, but I'll be down there for the post games. And uh, any questions you have, you want to ask Coach Biker in the post games, feel free to tweet at us, and we'll see if we can pass that along. Dan, will you guys be covering the women's tournament? Um. We, we that's in discussions. Um, we'll certainly be there if they make the finals, um, and we'll have a pre-game, a pre-tournament piece. I, I won't be able to get down there early in the weekend, and, and it's uh, just a matter of if we can arrange some coverage. Cool, cool. They deserve yeah, it. They, they just, uh, let me just say that the women, the women deserve it, and, and uh, it's one of those things. I just don't have enough time in the day to write about the both teams, but um, and obviously more readers tend to want to read about the men's team, but uh, the, the the women of that program is awesome. And uh, it's, it's a fun watch if anybody gets a chance. Yeah, unfortunately, they're on a little bit of a skid heading into the tournament. Their offense has kind of disappeared a little bit. But um, hopefully they, they, they're they going to be the third seed in the tournament. So anyone who's listening who can make it down there should definitely go support them. They, they've won it on JMU's home court once. Uh, why not do it again? Word. Very true. That would be awesome. And you know, it's embarrassing that I'm, uh, I don't follow them more. I should. They've uh, been doing a... They made the tournament more times than the men have uh, during my career as a fan. So you should be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guy who calls the women's basketball ball toss. Uh, Nick, if you can name three women's basketball players right now in the next five seconds, I'll buy you a drink for an hour. <laughs> as a person sitting next to him, he is currently consulting Google. Denise Dillon. Denise Dillon. Align. Aubrey Brown. <laughs> he was typing frantically. Megan Creighton and Nikki Metzel. Oh, Boom. nice. All right. All right. You, didn't, you didn't do it in time. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Dan and Scott, for joining us today. We really appreciate uh, you guys joining. And I agree with you guys in the sense that I think there's definitely a lot of interest in uh, just uh, – I think there's a core group of people that uh, follow everything Drexel basketball. I think you guys are part of that. We are part of that. And that's why we enjoy doing what we do. So – it's nice to have you guys on. Uh, hopefully we'll have you guys on more often. Uh, with that, uh, Nick, you want to sign us out? 
Zip it up, zip it out.